Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that you'll consider sharing my podcast with your friends. There are a few great stories that I want to get into today that happened over the weekend, so I'm going to dive right into them, but I do hope that you'll consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts and letting me know what you think of the show. Remember, you can also reach me at A Yank on the Footy on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as at yank underscore on on Twitter, or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. There are a lot of things that went on this weekend, and, uh, well, it was an exciting weekend of footy here in the United States. I hope everybody back in Australia were excited as well. It was great to see some people in the stands. That was a nice change of events there. I believe there were, you know, there were games that had fans in the stands in Adelaide and at uh, GWS as well. I don't know if they had fans in the stands at the Sydney game or not. I did not watch the Sydney game yet, so I'm guessing they probably did, but I don't know that for sure. But there were a lot of really interesting things that happened this weekend, and the one that I can't stop thinking about was the game I watched yesterday morning, and that was Gold Coast and West Coast. Now, like everyone else, I tipped and thought, and, I, and I'm not actually gambling, I'm not betting, I don't do that. I don't have enough financial resources to have that kind of disposable income. But I projected that the Eagles were going to win this game rather handily. They're a veteran club. They've been in the finals recently. They're finishing towards the top of the ladder. Everybody expects them to be back in the finals. And lo and behold, they got thumped pretty good yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. And the Suns played a fantastic game against them. I was thrilled to see that. And I think that, quite frankly, the rest of the league should be thrilled about that. Not necessarily the Eagles, of course, but, uh, you know, they've had a decade plus of struggling, of futility, of in many ways not being able to get out of their own way and gain any traction and become a successful club. Quite frankly, it reminds me of the Cleveland Browns, the NFL team that I've been a fan of for about 50 years. You know, I, I, like I said, I think that the AFL's leadership and the other clubs should be thrilled about seeing about this happening, about seeing them possibly turning towards, dare I say, with them being the Suns, a brighter future. Now, I don't know if they can do this, but for this week's game coming up against Adelaide, could they possibly petition the league to change their team name for just one week, maybe? Could they possibly possibly become known as the Gold Coast Stuns? Because I don't think I was the only person that was stunned by their performance. So that, that was a great game to watch. I had uh, I had the the Suns and Eagles game up on the television, and I had the Port Adelaide and Adelaide game on my computer, watching both of them at the same time. Um, you know, both of them were were pretty significant margins. Uh, but it was uh, it was great to see a doubleheader on at the same time at that point in time. Now, one of the other things I wanted to mention real uh, quickly as we go along here, and it's not necessarily footy news, but in a way it is, I wanted to congratulate Danny Marshall. And you may remember that Danny uh, sat down with an interview 
or for an interview with me back in episode 19, if you haven't listened to it. One of the nicest people I've ever spoken to. She and her husband seem like such wonderful people. Danny is the first American to be playing in the AFLW. And she has uh, received permission from the Bulldogs to play soccer this winter with the Essendon Royals. So she's going to be playing with Essendon during the offseason uh, leading into the 2021 AFLW season. So, Danny, I wish you best of luck with the Royals over the wintertime. Hope things go fantastically well. If you want to hear more from Danny, she was interviewed uh, just recently on that uh, podcast that I mentioned last week, The Greatest Season. She sat down with uh, the host of that show. I strongly encourage you to give that a listen. Some great stories. Okay, so again, congratulations, Danny. That was that's fantastic to see you being able to to do the other things that you love as well while you're while you're waiting on the new season to start up. Now, there was a lot of controversy, if you will, over the last uh, couple of months when Port Adelaide announced that they were going to come back with their a jersey that they'd worn previously for their, I think their 150th anniversary. And they said they were going to be wearing their prison bar uniforms. Well, I'm an American. What the heck do I know? Evidently not much. But uh, there's been a lot of controversy. The Collingwood Football Club, and in many cases, uh, the president, Mr. McGuire, has been upset about them wearing them because they look an awful lot or very similar to the Magpies Guernseys. It's fair. They do look a little bit alike, but I don't think they would be wearing them when they played Collingwood. But, uh, you know, I, I assumed since from the initial announcement that they were going to be wearing their prison bar Guernseys this year during a couple of games that if that's what they called them and that's kind of what they looked like, they might actually be there to represent prison bars. Now, again, me being an American who knows a little bit about the history of Australia and how it was established with the initial um, British subjects being brought there, I thought, you know what, the prison bars make a little bit of sense. Okay, I can see that being a, a, a decent tribute. Well, I got a note from Brian Coppock, who happens to be a, a cat supporter and is a fantastic singer. If you ask the uh, Hawthorne fans, uh, he had a, a rather interesting uh, Hawthorne song that he came up with last night. If you look for it on Facebook, you might be able to find it. But he mentioned to me that Yes, they look like prison bars, but that's not really what they are there to represent. That the, you know, because again, I, I, there's a saying we have here in the United States, and I'm not sure if it's one that is used in, in Australia, but I'm sure there's something comparable. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Well, in this case, if it walked like a duck and it quacked like a duck, it was not a duck. They were not prison bars from what I had said. And I did a little bit of digging. And some people, I guess, are very offended when folks talk about the Port Adelaide jerseys being representative of prison bars. Because they argue that they're supposed to be representing the pylons or the pilings that hold up a shipping pier in the Port of Adelaide. 
as kind of paying homage to the shipping history of the Port of Adelaide. Now, that makes a lot of sense as well. And again, I, I don't know that for sure. Brian told me that. I did find an article online about that. So I guess it could be different interpretations. It's like the, the old story of the the six or seven blind men all holding a different part of the elephant and describing what the elephant was like. And you have the trunk and the tusk and the tail and the leg and the torso and the ear. And they all have different descriptions for the same thing. So, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I like hearing them called the prison bar uniform, but if it's meant to be something that is in support or in uh, tribute to the nautical history of, of the Port of Adelaide, well, that makes a lot of sense, too. So I appreciate Brian for him letting me know that. It was great to to get that information because I wasn't I, I did not know any different, and I appreciate him clarifying that for me. Now, we had some huge news here in the United States this week, and it was extraordinarily cool. We are already a point in time where the Fox Sports Network here in the United States and... Uh, I think TSN, which I believe is the, the sporting network in Canada, were carrying a number of different games. Here in the United States, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 were carrying five of the nine games this weekend. So if you were here in the States and you don't have the Watch AFL app or anything like that, you still had access to over half of the games that were being played this weekend. All right, so that 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 is, I think, a huge step in the right direction of bringing this game to the United States. But what happened this week is ESPN signed a contract to bring two additional games each week to the United States. So now we're going to have seven out of the nine games being broadcast here in the United States. So even if you don't have the Watch AFL app and you are interested in footy, you can watch almost every single game that's being played. You can see almost every game. I think this weekend, um, well, the Cats ended up being on ESPN. And it was very done very secretively. I did not see any kind of an announcement other than somebody posting on Twitter or Facebook like the morning of the game or the evening before that, hey, ESPN's going to have some games on. Because let's be honest, it's it's not completely different from Australia, is that fans are clamoring for live sports. The NRL got out in front of footy by a week by having rugby games being played a week ahead of time. They're playing in front of empty stands right now with crowd noise, which the crowd noise, I didn't really notice it being out of place. Okay, It, it sounded somewhat natural in the games that I watched this weekend. But, you know, the United States is a lot like Australia because we're starving for live sports. We don't have a national rugby league here. The National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association are still trying to hammer out final details before they restart their playoffs. They're not going to actually pick up and finish their regular season. They're going to go ahead and jump right into their playoffs. So I believe the NBA has told eight or ten teams, uh, hey, you're done for the year. Go home and rest up and get ready to play next year because you weren't going to be in the playoffs anyway. Again, another one of those teams being one of the Cleveland teams that I support. <clears throat> but we're starving for, for sports here. So this is a huge opportunity for the AFL to capture the hearts and minds of, of fans here. Because 
our national pastime, if you will, here in the United States. I and I am a huge baseball fan. First and foremost, I've been a I've been a bigger baseball fan than any sport throughout my lifetime. Now, footy is very much whittling that away, and I'm becoming less and less less interested in baseball. But baseball, I think, is doing itself a huge disservice right now because there is this massive, and I'm going to use a technical term here right now, a massive pissing contest going on between the leadership of Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association in terms of figuring out how many games to play in a revised schedule and when to start playing and how much are the players going to get paid. Because again, the thought process here is that we would likely be starting out with a minimum amount, if any, of fans in the stands, very similar to what the AFL is doing right now. But they can't agree on a, you know, the length of schedule. Now, for those of you in Australia that don't follow baseball here, the baseball season generally begins at the end of March, beginning of April. And it's a 162-game season. They play a lot of baseball. Each team plays 162 games almost every single day during those months. They have maybe a dozen off days scheduled in during all of that time where they might be traveling or they might have a little bit of downtime. You know, they, But seldom, if ever, are they going to get two days in a row off. That would usually only happen if there was rain. But baseball cannot agree on a time to restart. This is baseball weather right now. This is, this is the climate for this. This is when it is supposed to be happening. And baseball has already been losing market share, if you will, in terms of the people interested in playing the game to soccer for years. We have more and more kids playing soccer and fewer and fewer kids playing baseball. And soccer is becoming much more widespread here in the United States than it has been in the past. And in many cases, it has been at the expense of baseball. Or kids who are in grade school or high school playing on a summer basketball team where they might travel to different places and play in a summer league as opposed to playing baseball. So baseball, I think, is doing itself a huge disservice by not getting themselves back out on the field. So to me, this is a great opportunity for the AFL to actually get themselves on television here in the United States and say, look at this fantastic game. And it has everything that Americans would want. It's got speed. It's got action. It's got tackling. It's got hitting. It's got all kinds of excitement. It really does. It has dynamic characters. It has wonderful wonderful people that, that bring the games to us to listen to, to talk about the game, which leads me into my next part of this, because I think that it's fantastic that we're going to now have seven games a week here. I think that's terrific. Be great if we could figure out how to get all nine, but seven is not bad. It used to be one when I first started watching four or five years ago. It used to be one game a week. Now we're up to seven. Now, I hope that continues once baseball starts. Because there is a void for it. There's a, there's a spot in ESPN and Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2's daily lineup to have 
the AFL on there because these games are being played very late at night, very early in the morning. There's an opportunity for those games to be played if they choose to have them. But I think what the AFL really needs to consider doing is now that they have these games coming here, they can't just put the games on at 11 o'clock at night, 1.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5.50 in the morning, and just have them there and wait for people to discover them organically. They need to tell us about them. They need to be advertising on FS1 and FS2 and on ESPN. And even on, you know, ESPN is part of the whole Disney umbrella. You know, they have the American Broadcasting Corporation and Disney and um, ESPN. They're all part of the same conglomerate. I think it would be in their best interest to throw a few advertisements onto not only ESPN, but on the Disney Channel. Those are young kids watching that that channel. They might see the sport and go, hey, that's kind of cool. That's a little bit like soccer. It's a little bit like football. I get to get out and run. Maybe I want to do that. It could help even start to grow the game at that, that younger level and help to lead to more people playing in the USAFL. But I think they're going to do themselves a huge disservice if they simply put the games on television and don't tell anybody about them. Which is why I mentioned back in, I think, episode two or somewhere early on in the uh, process of, of doing this podcast, I said that I, I really believe that if the AFL wants to make headway here, they need to have like a weekly highlight show where they go back and show you like the best of what happened that weekend. And don't have it on at three o'clock in the morning. Have it on at seven o'clock in the evening or eight o'clock in the evening on FS1 or FS2 or on ESPN or ESPN2. ESPN has a lot of different channels. They've got ESPN1, 2, and 3. They have ESPN Classic. They have ESPN News. They have an entirely separate streaming service where they carry dozens, and when, when games are actually being, play, being played, where they're carrying dozens and dozens of games in football, volleyball, soccer, swimming, running, all kinds of sports you couldn't even imagine. And they're showing them there. And it's like it's like a separate like a separate satellite service for like an extra four dollars a month. It's a great if you're into sports, it's a great deal. I had it for a while last fall. My the school where my daughter attends, uh, she's in the marching band, and I was hoping to see a little bit of the marching band during the uh the halftime show uh, on the channel. A couple of their games were on but never saw the band, so I didn't keep it after that. But like I said, I really think this is important that they they sell the game in prime time rather than just simply putting it on in the middle of the night or early in the morning when people are not going to pay attention to it. It's great that they're airing them, but if they're simply putting them on for the purpose of putting them on, I think that defeats the purpose. At the very least, they should advertise it and say, hey, set your DVR. Record a game. Come back and watch it. Find out why this is wonderful. I, I really think that that would, would go a long way to bring more fans to the game here in the States. I really do. And, and they're, you know, they, they, they paid to put those, those shows on, so it would be a return on their investment by selling advertising. Even if it was doing during the... Uh, like the primetime show. Now they've begun doing that in a little bit. The satellite radio service here in the United States, Sirius XM, Eddie McGuire and uh, Brian Taylor are doing that show on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock. 
one that's called, uh, oh, what the heck is it called? It is uh, Australian Football Rules America. So they turned it around a little bit there. Um, it's on, uh, if you've got satellite radio here in the U.S., it's on Channel 211, the Dan Patrick Channel at 6 o'clock. And it, it's, I've listened to the first two episodes. It's it's interesting. Um, had Sylvania on. They had uh, Mason Cox on the previous week. Hopefully they can get Danny Marshall on. Be great if they could have Danny on during, you know, even leading up to the AFLW season. But I think they need to do more. Okay, I think they need to do more. Now the the, the latest American fan, the, the most famous one that's come about right now, is a gentleman who used to be a professional football player. He was the punter for the Indianapolis Colts. I know I've mentioned him on this podcast before. A guy by the name of Pat McAfee. He has a podcast, and during round one. He fell in love with footy. He's become a Magpie supporter. But over the weekend, actually right after he got done, done watching the Geelong game, he heard the Cats theme song. And uh, it was interesting watching him get back onto his podcast that day, dancing around his studio to We Are Geelong. The Gra-. I'm not going to sing it. Um, but he seemed to really be enjoying it. And what was interesting is that I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if he was being complimentary, if he was being kind of snarky with it, but it's been the alarm on my cell phone, and it's been my ringtone for the last three and a half or four years, and I've never slept to an alarm because it's a pretty peppy song to help keep you uh, keep you awake. So, yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. I ran across that, and uh, I think I popped a link to that on the uh, in the show notes that I'll put over there on the... Uh, um, no, I don't have those there right now, but I will go ahead and add those in uh, beforehand. So I'll show you that link so you can see him dancing around to that. Now, last week I was taking a little bit of downtime. School had ended. I just finished up with my grades. I'm officially not working for a few more weeks. And I, uh, I sat down to watch a little television. And having a geography degree and being interested in Australia now, I found a series on Acorn TV, and Acorn TV has a lot of British and Australian and New Zealand television on it. It's pretty interesting. It's where I found uh, Jack Irish and Mystery Road, and now I'm watching one called East West 101, which looks very interesting, and I think it's very topical with things that are going on in the world right now. But it's also where I had watched uh, the show Doc Martin, which I had, I'd heard of before, but I'd never watched it. Very quirky show, a lot of fun. I, I really like it. But Martin Clunes, the actor that plays Doc Martin, um, has done a couple documentaries. He did uh, Martin Clunes, Islands of the United States. He also did one, Islands of Australia. And it was interesting. Now, if you've had, not heard of Doc Martin, he, he plays this kind of quirky general practitioner, and he he uh, he ends up setting up shop in this little fishing village in in Cornwall, which is in southwestern um, British, or southwestern England. Okay, but in this series, and it's only three episodes long, the uh, the islands of Australia. He started out on the west coast. I'm sorry, he started out on the east coast, over over near Gold, Gold Coast in Brisbane, that area up in Queensland, and he kind of made his way around to the north and then back around to the West Coast, and then finishing up on uh, Tasmania and one other island. But during the second episode of this series, and, and if you have Acorn TV, I strongly encourage you to take a look at it because it's really interesting to see this. 
he visited what are known as the Tiwi Islands, which are like eight kilometers off of the coast of Darwin. So they're very close to the mainland. And the Tiwi Islands are made up of Melville and Bathurst Islands. And what was interesting is that this has actually become a hotbed for footy. And he was interviewing some people that were playing footy there. Um, the, the team that is there is the Tiwi Bombers. And they were the first all-Indigenous team to play in a major competition back in, I think, 2007, I believe it was. And over a third of the people that live on the islands play the game. They have, they have problems with transportation, getting everybody to practices and to games and that sort of thing. But, but they, they, have, they have helped to bring some names that I know you're familiar with to the highest level of the game. Um, and among some of the players that, uh, that, have, that have come out of the Tiwi Islands are some names you might recognize. Uh, Michael Long and Dean Rioli of Essendon. And I'm going to probably get this name wrong, and I apologize. Uh, Austin... Juan Amiri, who played for the Demons, Willie Rioli, who's playing for the Eagles right now, and one of my favorite players to watch, Anthony McDonald Tipping Woody of the Bombers. They are all from these islands. They all played on these islands, some of them having played with the Bombers before they moved up to higher levels and ultimately into the AFL. Now, during this video, what was really interesting is that Willie Rioli was actually back on the island, and he was helping to coach one of the, the younger kids' teams there. So it was really neat to see somebody who's playing it at the highest level going back and helping the younger kids experience the game and learn about the game. And I thought it was just a fascinating look at local, at local footy. Um, it was really interesting. And, I, and while I was digging in a little bit more to the Tiwi Islands and learning a little bit more about them, I actually ran across another video from 20... 18 as well and it was Willie Rioli and Liam Ryan was with him as well as the Eagles senior coach Adam Simpson and they were riding in the back of a pickup truck with the Premiership Cup and it was Willie's turn to take the cup on tour if you will back home for a week or whatever they would do I think the NHL does this with the uh, the Stanley Cup as well where each of the players on the Stanley Cup team gets to take the uh, the cup home for a week and have it on parade with them, if you will. But it was really neat to see that. Um, like I said, I do have the, uh, the link for that in the, in the show notes. Um, now I, I ran into a little bit of, uh, an issue, not really an issue, but a little miscommunication, um, at the end of the cats game on Friday morning, my time. So I know this was the first time in like 15 years that Hawthorne had to make the trek down to go play, at GMBHA Stadium, Cardinia Park. Um, and I, I put a, a posting on Twitter after the game whether or not the trip to Geelong is shorter than the trip home from Geelong. Well, I think people took it a little literally because... Uh, I was kind of referencing the 61-point difference at the end of the contest. I think it was 61 points. Um, and people didn't pick up on the joke, and I had probably a half dozen people that responded and said, no, the, no, the trip is the same distance. Um, and I had some person say, no, it's usually the, pretty much the same difference unless 
you get sent down the wrong lane of the Westgate Freeway, which I have no idea what the Westgate Freeway is, but I guess if you're leaving Geelong and you're heading back to Melbourne, you want to make sure that you are in the correct lane for that. So I was just alluding to the 90-minute the, the trip back to Waverly Park, whether or not it was just going to feel a little bit longer since they had just lost. So I guess my snarkiness did not, uh, did not convey itself very well um, on Twitter. So I apologize for that, but uh, I thought it was rather funny. Uh, oh, well. Now, one of the things that, that I've been doing with the podcast, and I have a number of interviews in the pipeline. Um, I've got six or eight people who have committed. Yes, they're interested. They want to come on. I just have to fit them into, you know, into their, I have to fit into their schedule and they into my schedule, which is pretty much wide open now that school is out. But I'm really wanting to, to try to connect more with, you know, the people who are listening to the show. Uh, so I, I, I sent out a form last week and I'm going to attach that same form on the show notes for this week as well. And what it is, is it's a, it's a Google form and it's where you, if you choose to do so, you can, and I'm hoping you'll consider doing it. I had a few people sign up and they're going to get this emailed to them as soon as it gets published tonight. Um, you know, it's where I can, uh, send you the new episode of the podcast as soon as it comes out. So, you know, you would have the link right when it came out rather than if you're listening to it on Spotify or on Stitcher or on Apple, it might take a little bit of time for it to, to be released. But if you're chomping at the bit to, to, to get to that next episode, well, you'll have it in your email as soon as it gets published. That'll be the first place that I send it to. Um, and down the road, I'm hoping to you know, possibly do things with me. I'll maybe having some stickers or something of that nature associated with the podcast. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking at uh, doing anything um, related to um, like clothing or merchandise or anything like that yet. It'd be great if this goes on longer. I might go ahead and do that sort of thing. But as of right now, it's simply trying to help get the information out to you as quickly as I possibly can. And that's why I put that little questionnaire out there. It's only like three questions. It's you know asking you know in it's asking your your email. You know, which club you support, you know, what country do you live in? I'm not asking, I'm not asking for your address or anything of that nature or, you know, the, the last four numbers of your social security card. I'm just, you know, trying to help to disseminate information out to you as I, as soon as I can. So if you're interested in signing up for that, by all means, that form is there. It'll take you 60 seconds if you choose to do so. And like I said, I'll send the, the podcast to you as soon as it's published. And speaking of publishing the podcast, now that the season is up and running, I've thought that it might not be a bad idea that I push back the release date by a day. Because as you can probably figure out right now, if you're somebody who listens to it as soon as it comes out, normally I have the podcast come out at around 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning, Melbourne time. But at that point in time, people are just getting geared up for a day of football. And I thought, you know, rather than it getting lost in the shuffle, that I would go ahead and, and hold off and release it the day after the footy was done for the week. So I'm looking now at, at pushing the release date back until what would be hopefully early Monday morning. Uh, so if you're heading off to work, you could, you know, you could pop your favorite podcast on your, you know, on your car on the drive to work or 
as you're commuting to work or whatever the case may be, and then you can listen to mine if mine's not your favorite, which if it is, that's fantastic, but I know there's a lot of other great ones out there. In fact, I have a, a podcast that I really enjoy listening to that I, I just, uh, I started listening to it about a year ago, and it has four, they have 405 episodes out as of this past week, and it's, each episode is anywhere between about 45 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes long. I just got caught up to number 405 today, and that's taken almost a year to the day. So I've been averaging more than an episode a day. Uh, some of them have been long drives where I've listened to 6, 8, 10, 12 episodes during a trip. But it's uh, it's one called True Crime Garage. So it's, it's, a, it's a true crime podcast, and it's one that I've really enjoyed listening to. And these two guys, yeah, they don't talk about football, but they kind of gave me the bug to say, you know what, this looks like this would be an interesting thing to do. So in many ways, I kind of credit them, or if you want to, you can blame them for me getting interested in wanting to do a podcast. But before I wrap up for today, I wanted to go ahead and give you my tips for next week. Now, I did a little bit of digging here, and I figured out that this past week, I got only four games right. Okay. Actually, I uh, I think I got only three games right, because the Richmond-Collingwood game was a uh, was a push. It was a draw. So I got the Geelong game right, I got the Brisbane game right, and I got the Port game right. So that's uh, that's not a very good start to the season in terms of how many I got correct there. So I want to take a minute or two here to go through the, the, the nine games this week. And uh, yeah, I'm just going in the order in which they're scheduled to be played. So the first one up this week is uh, Richmond and Hawthorne. And I've got uh, I've got Richmond winning that one by 12 points, and uh, I I think that you know even though Collingwood found a good way to shut down or to limit Richmond's scoring, I think Damian Hardwick and his coaching staff are going to help to figure out how to get some more points on the board, and I think that they're going to go ahead and uh, get Richmond pointed in the right direction because I still think that until somebody proves them wrong, I still think they're the team to beat this year. Maybe it'll be Collingwood. Hopefully it'll be Geelong. But, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I still think Richmond is, is too good of a team to, to not come out of that game without improving immensely between rounds two and three. The next one up is uh, GWS and Western. And first off, Frode, I want to apologize for this one, but I'm, I'm going to go with GWS in this game by nine points. I think that GWS is still likely to be playing finals this year. I think they're, you know, still a top four team. And they, they may still end up being the class of the league this year. Yeah, they had a hiccup this weekend. Um, you know, North played a great game against them. But I still think that uh, GWS takes this one. Uh, the next game is uh, North Melbourne and Sydney. And I've got North taking this one by eight points. I think the Kangaroos, you know, they came out of the gate last night, played well. They're going to be back home. Again, no fans in the stands, unless that changes between now and next week. But I still think being at home is going to be beneficial for them. You know, Sydney battled well against Essendon, but I think that North has got a lot of confidence going forward here, so I'm going to go with North on this one. Collingwood and St. Kilda. Now, I, I didn't pick St. Kilda this past week, and, well, they proved me wrong, but I'm going, to, I'm going to take Collingwood on this one by but only five points. I think this one's going to be close. Okay, I, St. Kilda's got a lot of confidence going on as well. They had a great showing yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday. Um, 
I think it's going to be a very close game, but you know, unless Collingwood figures out you know how to score more points, the Saints the Saints could steal this one. You know, Collingwood struggled to score points last week, of course, as well. If that continues, who knows? Maybe St. Kilda is able to steal this one from them. Now, back out into that Queensland hub, West Coast and Brisbane. And despite their showing this past week, I'm going to take West Coast on this one. And I've got them beating Brisbane at the Gabba by four points. Now, Many of you watched it, but last last weekend, this past weekend, Gold Coast took the Eagles out behind the woodshed, and they spanked them hard. They really did. I saw a uh, uh, a meme on Facebook today that uh, you know they were the Eagles are sitting around to take their team picture, and they said, "Oh, Tim Kelly's going to make us unbeatable," and there were a half dozen or so Suns players underneath them that uh, said, "Yeah, cool story, bro." Um, but I I think West Coast. You know, is, are going to get themselves settled into the hub now. They've been there for a while. They realize they're going to be going home fairly soon. And I think they rebound this week. Yeah, Brisbane's a good club. But I, I, I think that the the Gold Coast game, while it was, it was fantastic for Gold Coast, which I'll get to here in just a moment, I think it was a, you know, a good, you know, shaking awake of the Eagles as well. So I think the Eagles, you know, roar back this week and that they, you know, they by less than a goal, but I still think they beat Brisbane this week. Now, Geelong and Carlton. There may come a time where I have to pick against the Cats where I think maybe they're not going to win, but that's not this week. You know, the Cats played a very solid game against the Hawks and they did it, let's be honest, they did it with, with minimal scoring from their big three. Now, Joel Selwood just generally doesn't score a whole heck of a lot. But I believe between Patrick Dangerfield and Tom Hawkins, there was one goal. There was one goal. And I'll, I'll tell you that uh, if somebody says, you know, hey, it's the end of the game and, you know, you've got a kick from 45 meters out, who do you want kicking it? I don't I, – there's some players that I don't want, don't want kicking it. Um, I – Patty Dangerfield is great kicking the ball when he's on the move, but he he tends to struggle with his his set shots when he's got a set shot there. I I posted something on Twitter and hopefully you know hopefully this doesn't anger too many people, but I looked at it. I thought you know watching watching Patrick Dangerfield take a set shot is kind of like watching Shaquille O'Neal shoot free throws when he used to play. Sometimes it's going to go in, sometimes it's not. Um, but uh, he's he's great, you know, moving without the ball or, you know, you know, scoring with the ball when he's moving, I should say. But, you know, we began to see kind of maybe the establishment of a, a new little three, if you will. You know, Brandon Parfit played a great game. Brian Myers, I think, is becoming a star right before our very eyes. And Salvarado Galea had a bit of a down game, but he still played all right. I was extraordinarily impressed by Reese Stanley this week. Okay, I, I think Reese Stanley played a terrific game this past week, and uh, hopefully that can continue. Now, moving on to the next game, Gold Coast and Adelaide. And I I have Gold Coast winning this one by 18 points. And all I can say is, is wow. And I watched, I watched five games this weekend. I haven't watched the other four yet, but I've watched five of them. And Gold Coast, to me, their victory was the most important, or not the most important, but the most uh, impressive it was important too, I think, like I said, for the for the club because it 
it helps it helps the club realize that you know maybe we got the needle point in the right direction. Um, you know, this is a group of youngsters that that kind of came into the, their own this weekend. They they played against a much older team. They played against a team that's got a ton of experience, and they took it to them. And it was it was a lot of fun to watch them play. And how many of you ever thought you were going to say? Damn, that Gold Coast team's fun to watch. Sure, yeah, when Gary Ablett Jr. was there, but he's not there anymore. You know, like I said, I think that this this is a this is a victory that the AFL needed to help demonstrate that they're finally heading in the right direction. Now, Adelaide, it's a very young club as well, and you know, Port played a terrific game against him last week. But I think that the Suns are teaming with confidence right now, and I think that's going to continue against the Crows. So, I don't I don't think the Crows are going to get on the uh, in the winning column this week. Now, the Bombers and the Ds are playing against each other, and I've got Essendon winning this one by four points as well. Essendon has won two very close games to start this year, and I think as they become healthier, they're going to probably push their record to 3-0. and Now, the, the Ds played you know, pretty well this weekend. They got a victory, um, but I think that uh, this is going to be a very close game. It could go either way. I went ahead and picked Essendon. And then the last game of the nine is Port Adelaide and Fremantle. And I've got Port winning that one by 12 points. You know, and, you know, Port dominated the Crows this past week. Okay, and I think that's going to continue this week. They're, they're heading into the hub. Now, they may have a little bit of a uh, a hiccup here. So this might be an opportunity for for Fremantle because Fremantle's been in the hub for a week. They, they've kind of developed the routine of what's going on there. But Port Adelaide is going to be getting Ollie Wines back this week, I think. That's going to help to strengthen out their lineup. And I think it's going to be at least one more week than before the Dockers find the win column. Okay. Now, ladies and gents, round two gave us a little bit of everything. We saw some excitement. We saw some games that could have used a little bit more scoring. Here's hoping that round three will give us just as much excitement. Enjoy the games. I hope that you have a fantastic week. I hope to hear from you. And don't forget that while you can find all the episodes of this podcast, at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. If you sign up on that Google form, you can find it in your email as well. Now that you've listened, I like I said earlier, I hope you'll get consider giving me a review on the Apple Podcasts. Let's me know what I need to work on, what I'm doing well, what I can improve upon. It lets the podcast host know what you think as well, because I would love to have them be able to say, "Hey, here's a great show." Okay. Remember, you can also reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. So if you have any ideas for interviews or people that, you know, connections that you have, people you would like me to bring on the show, fantastic. Please, by all means, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find me on Twitter at yank underscore on, and you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd like to also thank Mr. Joseph McDade for using a couple pieces of his music. He's created some fantastic music, and I'm using the pieces Elevation and Backplate. You can find him at josephmcdade.com music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks a bunch for your music. Uh, ladies and gents, um, I hope that you'll go to the show notes and complete that email form. Um, you know, as I hope that, you know, maybe we'll be able to talk again during a, a live episode as well. And that's something I'd failed to mention earlier that one of the things that I'm hoping to do with this is that whenever I have the 
the courage, if you will, to conduct a live episode, because that's one of the things that I can do on, on Podbean is I can actually, like if you've done Facebook Live, you know, you might have done that before where you've talked to, to friends or something like that on Facebook Live. Well, Podbean and other, other podcasting apps allow you to actually go live, if you, if, if you will call it that, and actually put your show on live at that time, and you can send out invitations to people to come in and listen to the show. So that's one of the other reasons why I'm putting together this email list is that whenever I decide to do a live show, I can send out an email to folks and say, hey, I'm going to be going live at such and such a time, you know, whether it be 7 o'clock in the morning here, which would be 9 o'clock in the evening in, in Melbourne. And if you'd like to come on and, and, you know, talk footy or whatever the case may be, you know, come on board. Here's the link to how, on how to do it. Uh, so that's one of the other reasons why I'm doing the uh, that email list as well. So, ladies and gents, I uh, I want to thank you for listening because, again, you know, while we're fans of our teams and we're finally going to get a chance to do that again, so I'm excited. You know, deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. You know, I I found myself, you know, almost being giddy, excited about how well Gold Coast played, and that's not because I dislike West Coast. Okay, I, I, you know, I don't harbor any ill will towards Tim Kelly wanting to go home. I get it. I understand it. You know, having seen the issues that he's having to deal with, I'm thrilled that he's able to, to get home with his family there. Now, it's very unfortunate that he's in the hub for a few weeks, but uh, I think that being back in, in the Perth area is probably the best thing for he and his family. That's terrific. I, but just seeing the excitement of those kids playing at Gold Coast, you know, I'm not a Gold Coast fan, but I found myself just, you know, like, yeah, that's a great goal. You know, see, you know, seeing the the was it the Raul kid, you know, the the top pick getting his first goal was was uh was terrific. You know, Matt Raul was great to see him score his first goal, but you know, we love this game, okay. And again, I I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope that you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 28 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me at Instagram and on Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. And again, ladies and gents, thanks for listening. I hope you'll consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>